Woo! <laughs> okay, all right. Still make it clap. Still make it clap. Who is that, Sean Paul? Um, yes. Still make it clap. Yes, it is. <laughs> Where is that nigga at? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? I, I try not to discredit these niggas because niggas be making a lot of money on that, the low. That's very true. That's very, very true. Niggas make you clap. And it's not like he ain't a legend either. Like, this nigga got hit. So. Nah, nah. Like, I'm not. <laughs> hold on. I'm not doing that to him. I'm just asking <laughs> what that nigga's up to. Just make you clap. This nigga did baby boy with Beyonce, all right? It's, he gonna eat off oh, that Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the entire face was removed, but were placed with another face that was taken off of a victim nine years ago. The foot was gone and stuck in the anus. Why right do now, these niggas right. exist? So now, so now, you are now stilts. <laughs> yeah. You are now running stilts. Welcome to the Any Last Words pod. My name is Keon, a.k.a. Mighty DJ. And I am Earl Lonnie Hooks, a.k.a. Young One with him motherfucking self. <sighs> Special thanks to everybody joining us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, as well as YouTube. The God of me honors the God in each and every one of you. Thank you, Keon, as well, for doing this. What's popping? We in here yet again. On a beautiful um, day. Man. How was your Christmas season? How was your holiday season, sir? Oh, man, it was awesome. Uh, you know, I, I was able to, you know, spend that time with my family, seeing as mm. I am once again not working. So, you know, and, and in my field, I'm typically working on, you know, around the holidays. Um, so it was really nice. Uh, you know, I don't have any income at the moment. But it was very nice to spend that time with my family, uh, which is something I haven't done in several years, to be honest with you. But um, it was all good. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called taking a lemon and making lemonade. There, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, all all is well. Everybody's healthy. Uh, you know, my son enjoyed all his gifts. Uh, my fiance enjoyed her gifts. Everybody, everybody had a had a good day, man. And we're gonna, you know, I don't think anything's popping off for New Year's, but. Definitely going to, you know, toast with a glass of champagne at midnight. And I'm actually you know. kind of surprised you didn't wear your one of your gifts. Which one? Young Pacific. Oh, hold on. <laughs> yeah, no, take your time. Yeah, do your thing. Just oh, make it clap. Just these, make it clap. Niggas ain't, niggas ain't know I was. I was yeah, I that's was what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, a little brand management right here. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Um, nah, my, my fiance, she completely believes in everything that I do at all times. Um, so she went out and she got this this uh, beanie embroidered with Young Pacific. And the next time I make a video, I will be wearing this hat. Young so, Pacific. Very, yeah, very nicely yeah, done. Yeah. She did a good job. I like it. I like the colors. Well, you know what? Like the font. Not, not, <laughs> right. Now that I've said that, I may as well go into some of the other things that she hooked me up with specifically for this brand. She, mm. got me a bunch, she got me a bunch of thermal gear so I can go out here and fish at nighttime in the cold and try to keep warm. Uh, yes, she sir. also got me a face mask that promotes warmth amongst the face. 
Um, it's just like one of those Nike joints that is only open right here. So hopefully I don't get arrested. Um, it's like a ski mask. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a ski mask. Yeah. But, you know, you don't, you don't want to just be wearing a ski mask. <laughs> Not with this skin. Uh, but um, but um, what else she gave me? Um, oh, she got me a Costco box size of hand warmers as well. A Costco box size. Damn, yes. she went and got it in bulk. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, she. You know, she hooked me up. Oh, and she got me a couple of um Columbia hoodies as well. Um, those mm. are very warm. Um, you know, I'm out here. I'm out here. I got the gear yeah. now. Um, I'm good to go. So I like it. Yeah. Um, oh, and damn, I'm tripping. And she uh, she bought me a GoPro because, you know, where I'm on YouTube. Because, be, because you want to go and you on the road to being a pro. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Damn, you just made that up? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but uh, no, I said very nice things about your hat, which is the contrary to what you said about my outfit. But that's fine. It's not a big, it's not a big deal. Something we spoke about on the last podcast was like how well you like your home, mm-hmm. like the things that you acquire to put in your home, especially right. since it's been quarantined and people have had to spend so much time inside their house. Uh-huh. When I'm in a house, see like this, this is this is a nice shirt. It's thin, but it, you know, it covers my whole body because I like for things to be like just chilly and like warm, but just chilly enough to be able to wear like a long sleeve shirt and maybe uh-huh. this. And if this was a turtleneck, it would have been perfect, but it's not a turtleneck. So instead I just put on a scarf. Look, nigga, all I say is, <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain my, my I have to I, explain and, my, and, myself to you. And I think that everyone will agree that you look like a French street performer. That's what you look like. You look like somebody that's about to juggle a couple of bowling pins or you're about to be a mime or you know, something of the sort. And all 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 you need is the beret. That's all you need. All extremely talented people. Yep. Yeah, I'm not taking all away extremely- from the talents. Yeah, I'm just saying, sure. Extremely I'm just saying that's people. what you that's what you look like. All you need oh is my a, God, all, you, all you need is a croissant and <laughs> and you be out of here. <laughs> Little croissant. Oh croissant. Croissant. What's funny is my so uh we actually have croissants in my parents' house where I spent the holiday season and I my family <laughs> and my, my siblings make fun of me because of the way I like to put a lot of things together. So first and foremost, before I really get into this, we have a lot to talk about today. But I'm going to get add all this silly shit out the way first. <laughs> so back when I used to get high every day, <laughs> I think like, you know, people that smoke a lot of weed can attest to this. You, you, you might try some different things uh, as far as cuisine goes. You try to, you might put a lot of different stuff together. People call this phenomenon munchies, right? You just start eating a lot of different types of stuff. I used to put together a lot of interesting things. Like my favorite ice cream from Cold Stone ended up being, and still is to this day, a half between, half and half between mint, banana. So these are the two ice cream flavors put together with Reese's Cups. And gummy bears mashed inside of it. Okay. It's my favorite. It's, it's fucking delicious to me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reason I'm saying this is because some different things start getting put together. So you, you I, had, I saw, you had me up to gummy bears. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Anyway, so I start looking at things when I'm hungry. 
So, you know, and you, like I've said to you before and you've seen, you open up my parents' fridge and you kind of have to try to be creative and put stuff together because there's a bunch of organic stuff. There's, there's sp- they're, growing, they're growing sprouts right now at my house. They're like we. Yeah, like little sprouts that you like put on things and eat, like you like edible, like little sprouts. Like okay, I'm, they I'm just a... look like little, like exactly what you're thinking of, like little okay. vines with like leaves on them. They're like little okay. sprouts. And you just you just eat. So them. not not anything specific to like like basil or parsley. It's just a, just it's just called a sprout. Yeah. All right. You know, All like right. Mediterranean sprouts. Okay. They're like growing them right now. And they just eat them. So this was what I had. My base was croissant. Because my brother and Alexis, they're looking at me like, oh, I'm about to make some croissants. Y'all want some? I'm like, oh, how are you guys going to make it? They're like, Earl, we're going to put some butter and some honey on it. <laughs> like, what, like, what do you like? What do you want to do? And I was like, well, <laughs> I was looking around the kitchen and I'm about to get a, a nice croissant. I'm going to put some this avocado butter on it. We're going to put it in the oven, let it sit for probably about eight to ten minutes. Bring it out. So it's kind of crispy on the outside, still soft because of the butter on the inside. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a little bit of this spiced guacamole on it. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to put some of like a, a very thin layer of like coleslaw, some sprouts on top of it. And then I'm going to throw some, some salmon locks on top of that. And there was a nice little sandwich. How do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I definitely think about the no, taste no, together. No, no for me. You well, got you got on. the no, crunch, no, no. you got the savory. I mean, it's, will, it's nice and buttery on the inside. I will tell you this: it's I would certainly try it to see what it is that you're tasting. Okay, but that right. wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been my first choice of ingredients. Right, but when you but when you think of those ingredients though, because you have the crunchiness of the croissant and the sprouts, mm. and, and you know that it's somewhat kind of good for you. You're getting your protein from the salmon. You got sprouts. You got guacamole. Like it's not it's not a bad dish. Well, see, all those things sound really awesome on a salad, not a sandwich. I don't know if I want to put those things between bread and then bite into it. Oh, I so you're so, not. OK, because there are a lot of sandwich and salad conversions that people do at restaurants. You just take a sandwich, make it to a salad or take a salad and make it into a sandwich. Yeah, I don't know. With, when I'm thinking, when I when I when like I have a, like a Greek cob, like a Greek cob salad, you know, like have, bacon, egg. When I have warm bread, I want something like butter, honey, jelly, um, some sort of maybe a, some sort of spread. But I don't yes. know if I want bits of sprout and salmon <laughs> on, on that. I don't think that's bits, not what's right. Bits of sprout. <laughs> you forgot the bacon bits. You ain't put that on there. I don't, Oh yeah, if there were bacon bits, I definitely would have threw some bacon bits on there. But seeing as how it was my parents' house, they would have been turkey bacon bits. Oh, if that's if that's okay, that's okay. Turkey bacon is good. Nigga, don't act have like, act like act like I didn't convert to turkey bacon for like three years because I was living with you. That's very true. That's very that very true. Been you fine did. That would have been fine. Yeah, that's very true. No, we did do that. Anyway, <laughs> so great great holiday season for the both of us. I got yeah. all the things that I talked to you about. Stay tuned, especially on Instagram, for these gourmet meals that I'm about to chef up in the kitchen. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got some. I got some some good stuff coming. If, can you exclude salmon from from those, or is it going to be yes. like different variations of salmon every time? No, I, I'll give you. So I'll give you one of them. 
is scallops, seared scallops. Oh, I fuck with scallops. Uh-huh. I won't give you the, the base or, you know, the sides just yet. And uh-huh. the other one is going to be a skirt. Or one of the other ones is going to be a skirt steak. Ooh. And then and then I want to. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, listen, I got okay. some stuff coming for you. Yeah. The, I will be posting these on Instagram so everybody can catch a whiff of this greatness. I'm a, I'm yes. a fan of uh, skirt steak. As you, you ought to be. You, you uh, medium, right? Medium rare? Maybe? Yes, sir. Medium. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, and I can probably do it, and I can probably do a medium rare, but I medium is good enough for me. Huh? Yeah, medium is typically good enough for me. Usually, like I'll I'll sometimes make my steak medium rare for my lady because she is a you know she likes her steak that way. But um, medium, remember medium when we didn't fun. know anything about steak and we were just uncultured swine and was I, eating well done steak? So here here's another oop to my fiance. I didn't know what the hell I was eating with steak before her. Um. <laughs> Cause she mm-hmm. she put me on and I've never looked back. <laughs> I know never, it just it just took all the juice out of it, all the it, real seasoning. Like yeah, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. All, all the flavor, all the flavor, all the flavor was gone. Yeah, it's I, um, I know better now. Okay. Oh yeah. Let me let me finish up what I got right now. I got some some essential oils pumping into the air right now because I got my oil diffuser. So I got a little bit of clove and jasmine just okay. spreading throughout the room. I got I got a bunch of candles, like I said I was going to have. I got some cinnamon, cardamom popping off through the room right now. It smells real Christmassy. I got balsam in the living room going right now, smelling like a beautiful Christmas tree. So that's what I'm dealing with. Also got a facial steamer. You ever seen one of these? Is it do you is it kind of like handheld and you just move it around your face or is it like No, something? it's sort of like a like a yeah, it's sort of like a machine that you set on the table with a spout and you put water and essential oils into this top essential oil basket. It's placed in there, it heats up and it creates a steam. And you just you just sit there do you and just what put I do your face next to it? Yeah, that's that's what it says to do, but I, I did a little bit of research and had some people give me, counsel me and you throw a towel over top of you. In the machine, and you create a little sense. sauna. That makes sense. Yeah. So then you create a little sauna, opens your pores up nicely, so sweating, getting all the toxins out as you would in a sauna. Right. And you just sit there and you do that for however long. It's probably like a like a ten or fifteen minute cycle or something like that. Okay. Get out of there. I got a bunch of face masks. So then you do some some face mask therapy. Throw that on. Pump your skin up full of vitamins and things like that. Mm-hmm. Fifteen twenty minutes. Take that off. Moisturize your face with your favorite moisturizer. Then you go back to the machine and the machine has a cold setting. So then you put the towel back on and you put on this cold setting and it gives you like a cold vapor, which then closes your pores up so you can absorb everything mm-hmm. nicely. Cool. Beautiful process. Dope. Beautiful Dope. process. Yeah. So that's so that's my life now. My life is awesome now. Yeah. Got me wearing I, shirts and scarves like this now because <laughs> I've leveled up. I am. Um... I also got a bunch of things that I would that I kind of consider dad gifts. Doesn't make them bad for anyone that. You know, hell no. Go ahead. Um, I got a couple packs of underwear. Got a couple packs of socks. Um, what else did I get? Um, that was very dadly. Um, I don't oh, think and- anyone could possibly disregard the feeling of putting on a new pair of drawers. You're right. The way it's that awesome. it caresses your butt cheeks in your private parts, no matter, you know, whatever side you happen to fall on in this. But when when they cuff your balls up nicely, 
you feel <laughs> nice and warm and snug. It's just a it's a completely different feeling. Yo, on some real shit, um, I've been wearing the wrong size underwear for too long. Bro, what, wait, been, like too small or too large? Too small. <laughs> I guess I guess I just didn't believe that I've gained weight over the last couple of years. I've been out here with these mediums on, but they felt like mediums. And I, I upgraded to large uh, about six months ago, and uh, I was like, damn, I fucked up. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess, you weren't giving and, yourself. Yeah, mm. and I think it's just because I've just. I don't know. I don't buy myself enough underwear often enough. So like right. I was just sitting here just being okay with the mediums, knowing that they felt a little tight. And I was just like, I got to try these larges out one day. Never look back. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, I know, man, if, if everything we could get could just be tailored to our bodies, if we just had that sort of money, yeah. but just everything we ever worn could be tailored. Cause it's different when things fit you correctly. It, it makes a hell of a difference. I was having this conversation with Duty the other day. Remember back when we were, when the just the swag was just wearing stuff that was eight times your size? Oh, yeah. You remember how oh, yeah. uncomfortable it, like, it wasn't, com- that's not a, a cool thing to do. It was right. not comfortable at all. Always having to constantly pull, because then a lot of times people didn't even wear belts. So you're constantly like pulling up your pants or like having it's like it's just such a hassle. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. T-shirts well, you know five times the size, ridiculous. It's so funny because like the people that I see today that still like sag their pants to the point where their underwear can be seen, I just be thinking mm-hmm. to myself like, that's not uncomfortable. <laughs> like are y'all you, like you're not walking bow legged on purpose to keep your pants up? Like it just it's doesn't defi- make any there's sense. There's no way it's comfortable. No, it's not comfortable. There's no way. There's no way. No. There's no way. They may have they may have gotten used to it. Right. It may, they, so so maybe so maybe that's where the comfort comes in. Yeah, I guess. Something so. that they've they've gotten used to over the years. So if they were to wear a nice fitting pair of pants and that would went around their waist with a belt and all that, they'd be like, oh, like it would be like you wearing them schmedium drawers. Right. They'd be this like, is, yo, is, I, I don't want this. This is this is a, a PSA to our friend Reginald. I know he be I know he be sagging. <laughs> nigga be sagging. No, that shit ain't comfortable. He a big nigga too. No, that shit ain't comfortable. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, I think he has a hard time just finding pants that come up over his ass and and, and like <laughs> and fit his waist well, but also fit his length. Because that's my issue. Uh-huh. I can find things like my length is an issue because I've, I'm eighty percent leg. So <laughs> like my <laughs> so it's just small stilts. ass torso just so yeah just stilts. <laughs> <laughs> just long ass Abraham Lincoln body, like, and, <laughs> but I can't. But they don't make. If I feel like my perfect, it would be perfect if I had like, uh, if I could find pants that were thirty one, thirty one point threes, with 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 thirty these calculations with thirty six because. Well, like thirty six point seven. Why do I know this? How, well, how how do you know that you need that point three though? Because because I know that thirty twos are loose. Thirties uh-huh. thirties are way too. They're like super super tight. That's like that's super tight. Yeah. So I feel like a thirty one is good, but I feel like it's still just a little bit, just in case I've been eating a little bit more that day and I'm bloated. Maybe it'll give me that little bit more in the it's length. Really- I I would like to cuff most of my pants. 
So I know that that point seven, like that, would give me like a decent cuff and give me all the all the leg space that I needed. This nigga's waist is snatched. <laughs> snatched <laughs> is snatched. <laughs> yeah, so that's so that's sort of what I go through. But anyway, yeah, that was that. So I got I, mean, I got a bunch of beautiful stuff. What what? Go ahead. You want to keep talking about my waist and? Go ahead. What do you got? What do you got? The, I was trying to get out of this, but what do you got? The 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 the, the pants length looks nice on over them Vasco da Gama boots, though. <laughs> this nigga, like those pants are perfect for a nice Ponce de Leon boot. <laughs> Ponce de Leon. <laughs> I do love some good some good boots. I love boots. I love this them. Nigga, I don't know what man, to tell you. This this nigga is a this nigga walking with them boots looking like a colonizer. <laughs> All right, let's go. I'm done. <laughs> Anywho, all right, yeah. Anyway, we had we had a great we had a great holiday season. Uh, beautiful, beautiful family time. Had a bunch of crab legs. Nobody cooked at all, which was awesome. Went out, got these bomb ass crab legs somewhere. I don't know where it is, but one, I'm gonna text my dad, find out the name of it, and I'll send it to you because it's crazy. They got a crazy like spicy sauce that they let the crab legs sit in. And they, they had our potatoes and corn on the cob sitting in there too, bro. And I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you, don't do this because, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Because you clearly got a place that is going to shit on the place that I'm talking about as if there just can't be two good places with seafood. But what do you got? What do you got? It's not even that. It's just the fact that I just feel like you be so late on such simple things. No, 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 no. Well, yes, that's well. No, what you said is true, but <laughs> but but not about well, this. Like this on, isn't the first time I've had crab legs, but I feel like you're well, making it seem like it's the first time I've had crab legs. At first, my mind went to a place of damn. I didn't know y'all was like you know. I didn't know y'all really ate crab legs. Like you never talk about eating crabs. Oh crab yeah, my, yeah. Oh yeah, my, so my parents love that. Shit. That was my first thing. But then the second oh, yeah. thing is you talked about letting them sit in the spices and the nigga, that, that's a crab boil. Niggas have been doing uh, that. This your first time having a crab boil? Now I gotta ask you what was in it. Was it just crab legs? Was it some shrimp, some crawfish, some boiled eggs, some potatoes? What was it? What was we it? had we had just crab legs and a spicy. But see, is see that's the thing. It was also a spicy mix because they're not all spicy. There's a mild. There's a spicy. There's like a hellfire. It it, it varies. And again, I, like I said, we had a pota- we had potatoes. And corn on a cob also resting in this sauce. Go ahead, do your thing. This mother, he about to go. Why? Like, I ain't gonna go try to. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I don't like it because I feel like it's trying to sun me right now or somehow disregard my happiness brought to us, brought to me by my family and trying something, trying a new restaurant that we haven't tried before. It's so I can't even. Find it. Don't even worry about it. No, we oh. have a, we have a bag of crab like crab boil seasoning in here somewhere. I thought it was uh. actually in this room because it was at one point, but I guess it's maybe it might be upstairs in the kitchen right now. Everybody but, can't. Everybody can't be named after one of the oceans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe everybody else is you know young Pacific, a little seven seas. Maybe just the rest of us just. We stay on land, and every now and again, we get something from out the ocean. Okay, sorry, but I I also had uh, a, a crab feast like two weeks ago for uh, my fiance's birthday. Uh, went out to the wharf, got some fresh crab, 
Um, we also got some crawfish and some tiger shrimp and put some do some mm. boiled eggs in that thing. And we also got a like half a bushel of crabs. We was in this joint putting a lot of salt in our bodies. But it was delicious. It was delicious. <laughs> putting a lot of salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just relax with that, man. <laughs> just 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 calm down with that. Um and the last thing that I think I should speak about as far as like the Christmas season, well, actually, no, there actually is a bit of sadder news that we have to get on to. But okay. for that, something I won't speak about because it's new and I want people to be able to go out and I don't want to, you know, give spoilers. But what I will say is that the movie Soul that has come out from Pixar is a very good movie. I expect nothing less from Pixar. Nothing less than good, good great movies. <laughs> great movie this is my critique okay I feel like it's going to go over a lot of people's heads yeah, I yeah. think that it's a I think that it's a very deep movie it's animation it's for children because it's animation even though that doesn't quite make sense because we love to watch like Adult, yeah. Everybody loves to watch cartoons. There's always it's, adult it's just, references in movies like that. See, that's the thing. I felt like, and maybe it's just because this is my old-ass mind now looking at it, that a lot more of it was geared towards adults than it was children. The way well, I'm know, looking at it, yeah. I was going to say, you know, I've read that they do that to, to keep the adults entertained because they know that right. a lot of adults are watching movie, watching these movies with their kids. Um, yeah, I mean, not to take away from what you're about to say, but yeah, you know. yeah, no, I mean that's pretty much it. Again, now I'm not, a, I'm not a child, but what I could imagine is, you know, one, it being an animation, one is first and foremost. You have a bunch of, you know, cool illustrations, a lot of very vibrant colors, a lot of big sounds and stuff like that. Cool, you know, some cool music, and yeah, so I, I get that. But very deep movie. I definitely think people should see it. I think it's I, I definitely think it's one that we needed. It's it's definitely it's about existential questions. What are about answering what the big questions in life and things like that and the journey to to do that. What platform is Disney Plus? Ah, okay. Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotta watch it on Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, but great. Great fucking movie. Yeah, so that's all I, that's all I'll say on that. Okay. Before I get to another movie. That I recently saw, and this is an older movie, even though this is like my second time watching it. I haven't seen it since then, uh-huh. and I looked at it with different eyes now, even though I thought it was something was really different about it then. But before I get to that, I want to get something, one kind of more silly thing, but not really silly. It's actually fucking serious. We should take this serious. We should get this out of the way first. Okay. I'm making a call to action today. All right. From everyone that listens to this. <laughs> You and I in the past have spoken about taking things from for granted when it comes to your significant other. Talked about this on numerous occasions. I believe the last time we spoke about it, you spoke about the phrase when one is in a relationship for quite some time of getting out and seeing if you still got it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like hitting a club or a lounge. You're just not trying to do too much, but just speaking to someone and seeing if you still got the flair, the pizzazz, the charisma that it takes to try to pick someone up. And what I said to that was, well, I feel like you shouldn't have to see if you lost it. 
because you should always, well, not always, I mean, that's a bit unrealistic, but you should be frequently trying to exercise those skills on your significant other, which is why they are the other to you that is significant, right, in your life, right? So, and I think something you said was that there's there's a there's still a difference there because one person you've just been with for a long time it's it's maybe easier to understand what it is they like don't like or you just don't really have to do it as much but it's a, it's a completely different thing when you're going out talking to strangers mm-hmm. complete strangers you got to turn something else on like there's got to be some other element to yeah. approaching complete strangers that's that seems like a decent representation of what you said yeah do you think it's easier, Keon, in your expert opinion, to attract someone and bag them, if you will, or to keep someone happy? Keeping someone happy is definitely harder. Harder? Yeah. Why, and why do you say that? Um, well, it's, how do I want to say this? Um, keeping someone happy. Well, the first thing Mm -hmm. I think about when I, when I say that is the fact that one, as much as I'd like to do it, it's not necessarily my job. Um, yes. And, you know, because there's lots of times when my fiance is unhappy and it has nothing to do with me. Correct. And I try my best to put a smile on her face, you know, make her come out of the, you know, the the bit of attitude she may be having because she's just in a place where she feels like she needs to be able to express her feelings and her feelings at the moment are anger or sadness or, uh, you know, standoffish. Um, mm-hmm. And... Sometimes, and I've learned this, you know, from her telling me and from my experiences with her, that sometimes you just got to take a step back and just give that person their space. It's not necessarily your responsibility to try to keep someone happy 100% of the time. And it's also not, it's it's not very realistic either. Someone just being happy right. all the time. Um, yes. So, yes. yeah. And so when you say, you know, which one's harder and I say, keeping someone happy, you know, it's a lot of different ways you can you can look at that. You have to, one, realize that nobody's going to be happy all the time, so there's no reason to try to keep them happy. Um, so, yeah, does that, does that answer right. your question? Does, does that yeah, no, question? I'm just, yeah, I'm just soaking it up. I'm taking it all in. Yeah. I think so, too, and I was glad that you brought that part in. That is not necessarily your job. Yeah, like what speak, I would say is, yeah. one... No, I'm sorry. Yeah, like you're just gonna go ahead. uh, All right, sorry. Do it. Do it. No, (laughs) no, do it. Do it. It's just like a lot of people just have to get through what they're going through in their minds. Um, and they have to, in a sense, bring themselves back to a place where they're happy. Because a lot of times when you when you feel like you, you know, you're trying to make someone happy, a lot of times you're probably just annoying them more because Mm -hmm. this is Sometimes people just want to be in that place. Now, that can be yeah. a good thing. It can be a bad thing um, because mm-hmm. a lot of people maybe don't come out of that place. But, right. you know, in my situation, you know, sometimes she's just in a mood. And, you know, I got to live with that. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not, you know, it's not my responsibility to just be over here like, oh, it's my own thing. <laughs> like, it's, like it's, it's not, it's not my responsibility. Like, I just gotta, I just gotta chill, you know, find something to do and not be in her face. <laughs> I wish somebody would like be running over just trying to be just trying to make trying to make a bunch of faces because I'm going through some real shit like bro like give me my space allow me to sit and, and process this pain and we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming afterwards I like, get yeah. the fuck out of my face it, it, took, it, it doesn't took me work a like while. that it took me a while to um to really figure that out um because I'm the type of person, whereas, you know, I try to, I try my best to be upbeat. Um, I'm actually crazy enough. I'm a very emotional person. I don't yeah. always show that though. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I've, you know, I've conveyed myself on here. I'm sure a lot of people on mm-hmm. here realize that I can be in an, I can be an emotional person, but it's not something that I always convey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I do feel like me personally, I try to put on this this happy face all the time, like everything's, mm-hmm. you know, all good. Not always the case. And that's not to say that right. I'm always just in a slump either. You know, I, I do right, generally right, right. feel like I'm a very happy, you know, upbeat type of person. But sometimes right. what you see isn't necessarily what you get. Right. Yeah. I think so- someone asked me just going off for a second. Someone asked me a while ago if I was if I was happy. And I said, like you alluded to, happiness is definitely fleeting. But I think something better to strive for is grateful because yeah. some grateful like gratitude. You can even you can have that in, in your down in your dips, in your yeah. valleys, in your downs. You can you can still be grateful for those times. Like you said, it's not always a bad thing that somebody wants to be in that space because something that I've always tried to get closer to as I, I call it the fabric of life is just getting closer to the experience and trying not to distance myself from it through, you know, alcohol or drugs or whatever the case may be, trying to run away from real experience. Like I try to feel it. So if if it's a conversation like we were having before about crying for whatever the case may be, you're at least allowing yourself to feel something and that's real to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I so I don't I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing at all. But Getting, uh, so, yeah, I think you can you can find great gratitude in any of these different emotions. But the point I'm trying to get to is and this is going to this is going to be funny. This is going to take a turn because it's been very serious. And this is still a serious thing, but there are going to be some laughs about this. So you feel like keeping someone happy over time is more difficult because, you know, they go through things and they're their own individual and you're not always going to be able to tap into that, nor should you always be looking to tap into that. But now speak on the other side. So why is it, why is it easier to, to attract someone rather than to, to hold on to this person? Right. In order to not necessarily sustain their happiness, but sustain at least their happiness with you. Like so what? So. Person. So. Yeah. 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 You're going to the club. You want to meet somebody that night. Um, why is why is making them interested in you easier than you keeping the person that you're already with interested in you? Um, well, I think 
generally, uh, you know, if you're someone like maybe me or you that doesn't have a problem making friends or stepping out and just saying hello and starting a conversation and having the mm-hmm. conversation actually, you know, mean something or, you know, um, I think that for people like us, that that's just, it's just easy, you know? But mm-hmm. the thing is, is it's like, it's like, um, move, like, it's like, like being in a relationship with someone is kind of like moving in with someone. Even if you're not mm-hmm. living with them, you're living rent free in their mind and they are too. They're living rent free in your mind. Um, so you get to know that person over time. If we're talking about this first instance in which I've met a person and maybe, you know, we still are communicating, but I've only known that person for a month. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, no matter what, no, whether I'm trying to make this person a longtime friend um, or not, that first phase, it's still a honeymoon phase. Shit is sweet. Shit is happy. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're right. going to know that person, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, over time, you're going to run into obstacles. Right. Um, And that's when you get to the point where you're like, well, I've known this person for two or three years now. um, And we've had some ups and downs, as people like to say. Um, But we've come to a place where, you know, we've we've we're not necessarily unhappy with each other, but we've come to that place where we're learning how to deal with with yeah. this per- a piece of this person that we've never experienced before because this yes. is like we've we have we have just got we've just now gotten to this point. Right. So it's right, no right, it's right. no longer it's no longer brand new, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I'm no longer just trying to impress this person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's good. Because you're right, if you're out there in the field, usually you're you're in the field willingly. You are you're willing to be swept off your feet. You're willing mm-hmm. to be bagged, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're going out there and you're trying to do your thing and talk to someone and allure them, then and it happens, they were probably in the market to be attracted, right? Right. right. And then this is where the taking for granted comes into play. Because I feel like too often people feel as though they've done the work. And then after that, well, I I did the work. I'm in here now. Like, I don't have to do like, what else do you want from me? I was the guy that you wanted me to be when we first met. I danced around and I told you jokes and I took you out here and there. And like, we got past that. Now you you call me your boyfriend. So now I'm done working. (laughs) I don't have to do that anymore. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the issues lie afterwards. People just... And then that's why people go and try someone else new because other people are trying for their attention, unlike this person in the relationship is now, right? Well, you know what? I've 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 been with my fiance for like five years now. Um, yeah. And one thing that I've I've learned is is like, and you you've preached about this before, love languages. Like you, mm. you know what I'm saying? That shit is so yeah. key. And everybody's yeah. love languages are different, you know? I mean, you might find someone that has the same love language as you, but um, mm. the love languages are different and you got to key in on those things because um, really that's, those love languages, like that's what makes people happy, like at heart, when you can tap right. into that language of love that they speak. That's what mm. really, you know, makes people happy, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I know for me, for sure, quality time. 
yeah, quality time is up there. Like that's that's I, I yeah, I definitely need it. Quality time and physical touch. And now that I want the physical touch, this is the heart of the matter. This is my call to action. I've come into this situation too many times in life, and this needs to be addressed, and I'm here to do it on my platform. We as people can't continue to allow other people that we're interested in to be sexually lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Let me let me say that again. We as people cannot continue to allow our sexual partners to be sexually lazy. I say that because. My life, my life's experiences has molded me into the type of person that isn't just hot and bothered and ready and willing simply because there's a vagina sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do it to me anymore. I talk to you about the women that speak to me and harass me at work. The guests that we have sometimes that just go out of pocket saying ridiculous things. And hey, baby, daddy, hey, this and that. Oh, Earl, oh, you about to, you want to come up to the room and do that? But if the roles were reversed, how crazy that would be. Like if a grown ass man was saying that to, the, to a woman at her job, it'd be fucking insane. Right. And in the same way you said, wow, that's interesting because I'm certain there'd be a lot of men whom which I talked to since after that podcast episode, that would be elated at the idea of women speaking to them that way. Like, oh shit, well, they told me like that. I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah. Whatever they want. They yeah, don't gotta say much to me. That's what we we gotta up our standards. We gotta set the bar higher. Because what happens is people get so lazy and and comfortable in a position in which they've never had to try to seduce someone sexually. When when they get to someone where they need to sexually seduce them, they are they not only do they not know how to do it, but they're they're confused. They're like, why do I have to do anything? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Now, two quick instances. There was a time in which I was speaking to a woman, and f- funny enough, this is actually the one that I watched the Pixar movie Coco with. And afterwards she said that. She now understood Mexicans more and didn't dislike them as much because she realized that they weren't worshiping demons on El Dia de Muerto. Anywho, so 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 after that, I was already sort of like stupefied because of her, you know, stupidity that, you know, I wasn't really that into it at the moment. Super, super attractive person. But we're lying in bed and. I think like enough sort of just like chit chat about the movie and this and that had gone past and she just sits up like upright 90 degree angle and turns around and looks at me while I'm just chilling, laid back, relaxing. And she's like, Earl, like, are you going to fuck me or what? Like, what do you like? <laughs> and I'm just, I'm looking at her and I'm thinking that's that's your pitch. <laughs> like that's she's like are you gonna like like i'm just like well what do you mean like you're just kind of like you just we're just sitting here chilling and then you sit up in your bed and you just turn around and look at me are you gonna fuck like 
I mean, I just repeated to her the last 10 seconds that it happened because to me, it was just weird that she didn't see it the way that I saw it. But she was like, I, I, why should I have to do anything? She was like, I'm here and I'm in, I'm in your bed. Like, see, 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 I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that idea of simply was, because you're here, I should be doing something. Like I should be making a move, even though. So to her being in the bed and laying out with me and whatever dress it was, she decided to come over and wear to watch Coco. She she thought that that was enough signaling. And yeah, it was like clearly I like I knew she was into it. Like, I understand that. But but now for that to be your pitch is hilarious. For you to switch to just us hanging out and relaxing to simply like, are you going to like, are you going to do this? Like, I'm here. Like, there's a vagina here. Like, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. I, I, the, the, there are many things that I sort of equate to it. One, you're a DJ. You don't expect for people to get hype if you play All My Life by, you know, fucking, was it Casey and Jojo? You don't like you don't expect for that to be the case. You don't expect for people to slow dance if you play fucking yeah by Lil John and Usher and Ludacris. Okay, so we understand on a fundamental level that there are vibes that we work with, right, as people. So so why is it so difficult to understand that this is an action about to go down, but yet you're not curating the vibes in order to facilitate that action? You're just you're just here and you think that being here is simply enough. But yet being in the dance hall, being in the club isn't enough. No, you need the right music for the right vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's, the, it's the same thing. I'm just like I'm just looking for a little bit more in every way, shape or form when it comes to branding and marketing. Just look at commercials, look at look at ads on your phone. They try their very best to tap into who you are and what you want. So that you'll purchase whatever product it is they're pushing in your face. Mm. But yeah, for some reason, when it comes to sex, people get so comfortable. They just feel like they can just come in and be like, here's my vagina. You want it? Here. Here, dude. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, like, I just I just want a little bit more sauce. Like, give me a little bit more feeling, a little bit more yeah. soul. Like, put, yeah. like, do something. Before I forget to light a candle. Go fucking, like, feed me something. Go, like, <laughs> put on some music. Like. Go put, like, I don't know, do something. Like, give me some real body language. Like, whisper to me in my fucking ear or something. Like, touch me in a certain way. I want to be wooed. That's mm. what, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Mm. And I understand that that's not something that's always going to be done at 100% every single time. I get that. But I just feel like people should try a little bit harder because people just get to a point where, it's just like, oh, I've never actually been told that I have to do anything. I just showed up and the guy just would do whatever because I was there. Right. Like, ah, like that's not cool. Like, I would like a little sauce. Like, I want, I, fuck that. That's not no. tight. When you, when you get with somebody that matches, like, your level of, you know, sexuality or whatever words you want to use, like, those two worlds colliding are, they, it, it makes for magic. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's the, that's the, really the point I'm trying to get at is you just need to find someone and a huge point <laughs> you, I, as opposed to just like being like, OK, you know what? They're not really cutting it for me sexually. Like they don't really know what I look at as sexy. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and bounce. I feel like this is the second part of the call to action is not only do you have to hold these people accountable, but I I implore people to speak to their sexual partners about what it is they like and exactly how they like it. And I feel like that's and you don't have to just get up and leave and call it quits that easy. I feel like people should really take time. And the second instance I wanted to bring up that <laughs> uh, corresponds with that is there was a time in which uh, it was an old girlfriend of mine. We'll call her. Kaylee. Mm -hmm. And I am or I thought I was eating her vagina (laughs) and (laughs) my face is in this this woman's crotch. And I promise you, she looks down at me and I look up at her. And she's like, what are you doing? Damn. <laughs> this is many, many years. I forgot how one we were dating, but this is but you you remember, yeah, but it was many, many, many years ago. If you're thinking about the right person, it was many, many years ago. Exactly. <laughs> you're an asshole. <laughs> you're an asshole, but yeah, that person. I mean, that's not me. And, uh, right very true very true and so so she looks down at me and she said what are you doing and i looked up at her and i thought well i thought i was eating your vagina i thought i thought that i was pleasing you is what i thought right now this is this is this is a key point (laughs) this was not the first vagina that my face has been in right right not the second or third or fourth or fifth but this was the first time And when someone looked at me and said, what are you doing? Right. That means that all (laughs) these other people lied to me and made it seem like I was doing something that I was not doing Uh and that I was fulfilling, fulfilling something that I was not fulfilling and succeeding Uh at something that I was failing miserably at. Mm -hmm. That's a big part because that's what I'm trying to get us away from. So I said, well, I thought that I was eating your vagina. What, what, What would you like me to do? And then she proceeds to tell me what it is I need to be doing. From that moment on, it's been a wrap. It's been no complaints. It's been no complaints because then I was able to be with someone that taught me the things that needed to be happening in order to please a woman. Okay. Okay. From that moment on, things have been fantastic. And that's important. (laughs) That's an important part of this. Is you have to you have to understand that people need to be pleasing you if you are to be in a sexual relationship relationship with them, but that you have to be telling them to a T, really. I'm talking about details, what it is you like and dislike, and how to do those things. So I, I just hope that people have listened to this and that if you are in a sexual relationship with someone or you plan to be with someone in one with someone, that you do these things. Because it's very important. Sex isn't everything. But it's fucking something. It is. It is. It's something. It's a lot. It's a lot. Unintended. (laughs) It's something. Nah, man. You're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, man. Uh, You don't want to be out here with a a, a dusty connection on your, (laughs) you know, with your sex life, man. You don't want that. (laughs) A dusty. No, you do not want a dusty sex collection. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't want that. 
Nah, that's crazy. <laughs> Dusty sex connection. That's gross. It anyway, is. so yeah, that's that's what I had to say on that. We only yeah, we we we're good with that. Uh, what do you what do you got for the people? Um, so, I was watching a couple of um, I was I was watching some stuff on TV, um, over the last week or two. Um, I watched this movie on I forgot what it's on. Uh, it might be Amazon. It's called Into the Forest. Um, it was okay. I don't really recommend it. If you want to watch yeah. some, something to pass the time that's kind of scary, go ahead. But it was very low budget, um, and it just didn't do it for me. Yeah. Oh. I was also watching this um, show called Utopia, um, which I believe is also on Amazon. But two of the things, or one thing that stood out between both of these things is that one there was one character, one prominent main character in each uh, thing that I was watching that suffers from seizures. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different things that can just make people have seizures off the random. Right. Um, I don't, they didn't really go into what, you know, why each of these people were having their seizures. Um, but it was really, it was really interesting to me, like what kind of life you have to live knowing that you can have a seizure at any moment anywhere um so the girl in utopia she was in her apartment where somewhere where you know she's probably comfortable um somewhere where she set herself up for greatness as far as having a seizure she okay. she felt her body starting to twitch like mostly in mm -hmm. her hands at first and she's like oh no oh no and like it just it really i don't know if this was dramatic or not but it really came on in a matter of seconds like she went from this yeah, to like her to entire body on. shaking in a matter of like 15, 20 seconds. Right. So what she did is she had like a, uh, you know, like a lazy boy. She had a lazy boy, you know, seat in her crib. And what she did was she got in it and she had like on the arms of the, on, of the, on the, uh, on the arms of the seat, mm -hmm. she had like a, uh, like little bungee cords that she would slide her arms into to keep herself stable and just kind of in a position to where she's not like, you know, just all over the place. Yeah. You. you know what I'm saying? Right. So that stood out to me. And in the other movie, um, you know, this other girl, she was, um, she was like on her way. They were like ghost hunters or whatever. Uh, this is into the forest. She was on her way to like some cabin out in the woods in some haunted forest where her and these, you know, her brother, um, who is does does the uh, does the filming with her, and then her husband or boyfriend or whatever that does the actual filming. So she starts having a seizure in the car, and you know she's all over the place. They're like, you know, just kind of like, you know, just relax. You know, all they was doing just kind of like rubbing her head, like telling her it's gonna be okay. I don't know yeah. if she can actually hear them at this point right. or not. I don't. I'm not sure how right. that works. But um. But watching those two things, it just really made me think like, okay, so do you have to be around people that understand your situation at all times? Like if you're going to be around people, like how does one like, like just imagine yourself going on vacation, you in Disney World, you know what I'm saying? And you just, you just start having a seizure. Like you're at a cookout yeah. and you just start having a seizure. Like what if you're not around people that know what to do? You know, like it just made me ask a lot of questions. Yeah, it's like that's just. I hate to use this word, but 
and she was just mad inconvenient. Like, just having a she, you know, just having a seizure anywhere, anytime. Yeah, it just I think I think it, that that's it just a, made, it a really mild just made way me of think like it. what. Yeah, just it just made me think like what kind of lives are these people? I know that you know there's medication that they take and things like that, but what kind of lives do these people live knowing that they can just have these seizures? Like I feel like you almost have if you're not by yourself and you don't have a setup like the girl in Utopia, like you have to have people around you that are going to be able to comfort you and know what the fuck to do when that happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what I if think you that don't? When you grow up <laughs> with stuff like that, I'm assuming that. Like everything, you sort of learn uh-huh. as you go, and you, uh-huh. like you said, there was there was a woman, and she made her her house pretty much. Did she have epilepsy? Do you know? Or I don't. I don't know. I only watched. I only watched like the first episode, so they didn't really talk about what she actually had. So right. I can't really say. And they didn't but, talk but, about it in the movie either. Into the forest. Oh, okay. We just well, know anyway, she had like, like you said, it was built to be seizure proof, if you will. Right. Right. So I feel like you sort of grow to figure out what it is you have to do. I wouldn't be surprised if there was if there was some sort of service like Life Alert. You know what I mean? Just a just a quick press of a button or something like that to be able to get people that, you know, involved yeah. as quickly as possible. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine it. Yeah. I truly, I truly couldn't imagine it, but that is, but I'm certain that having people that are compassionate and knowledgeable about the disorder, that is, that's something that's needed. I'm, I couldn't imagine anyone just living a life and then just doing on that sort of level where it could happen at any moment and them just doing everything solo all the time. That seems, right. that, that seems a bit wild. Yeah. Yeah, that seems that seems a bit wild. But I don't know. It was, you know, some whenever I feel like somebody is living just a different kind of life than me, I always mm. make little little inquiries. You know, what I'm saying about what that what is that like? You know? Yeah, because that's, I don't, that's interesting. Know, I don't, that yeah, what? good. Well, no, it's interesting that that happens to you. I think I would say that that's a really good thing. That yeah. when something when something comes across your airspace and it's completely foreign to you, you you immediately try to adapt and identify with whatever's going on so that you can gain some sort of insight to a lifestyle that you've, you know, hitherto known anything about. Right. I, I think that that's extremely important. I can actually remember the very first, this is like, I, so I had a conversation with a friend about this the other day. It was, just thinking back to it was kind of crazy for me. We were dri- I was driving back from Kava. You ever had Kava before? Yeah. yeah it's like a, like a healthier Chipotle sort of thing. Yeah. Driving back from Kava, got some food in the back. Friend in the passenger seat, we're driving, and it's raining. Now there's a stoplight coming up, and a bunch of cars in front of me. They all start screeching like you know just shoving their fucking foot on a brake trying to stop their car. I don't know why the first person did it, second person, like it just domino effect. So I didn't want to just press on the brake like that. So I did what I did and I tried to just slowly veer off into the right side, looked in my looked in all my mirrors, made sure no one was coming up. And I wanted to give myself space to slow down and veer off to the right a little bit. So I did that. So I didn't have to come to a screeching halt. Then 
another car that wanted to be in that lane slowly crept up behind me. And then the lane I was supposed to be in started again. And I went. That person behind me was probably inconvenienced for a time of 3.5 seconds. <laughs> but they started honking the horn anyway. Like, and I'm just like, all right, that's fine. I just turn over and we continue. We all continue our lives. Now, my the passenger in my car was like, my gosh, I can't they see that like we just weren't trying to crash. Like we just want a little bit extra space. Like, what the fuck is their problem? <laughs> and my response to that person honking was, ah, it's, it's all right, don't worry about it. Ah, it's not a big, it's not a big deal. And as soon as I, I said that, I as I do, my mind went off and I started thinking about something. Person looks over at me and they're like, Earl, you're doing the thing again. Like, what are you what are you thinking about? Like you're off somewhere. And I'm like, I'm thinking about the very first time I remember my mind being fucking exploded by the idea of other perspectives. <laughs> like really trying to sit myself in some behind someone else's eyes and see what the fuck is going on over there. And I remember I was working at Panera Bread. I think it was 2010. Like two, yeah, it was like 2010. Which seems very, very late in life to really be having this this sort of revelation. But it was but it was bigger. It was bigger than just understanding that there are other people feeling other things. It was bigger than that. This fucking guy from work gave me this book. Book I would have never have been reading at the time, but he knew I liked to read, and it was called Starcraft. I don't know if you ever heard of Starcraft, but I'm pretty certain it's another I'm pretty certain it's a video game and a series of books and stuff like that, but it's you can just think Star Trek. It's just a bunch of people in space shooting around. Yeah, whatever. So it was a point in the book, probably towards the end, when there were some people trying to escape a planet. They got in this fucking spaceship, took off, zoomed out of there. And then a bunch of people got in their spacecrafts and started following them. Then the people fleeing, the fugitives, pressed some sort of button in their spacecraft that shot out this huge like magnetic wave that was that anyone caught inside of it had this immense neural connection. So everybody if caught in this wave, everybody in this force field understood completely the minds of everyone else caught in that in that field. Completely backstories, every experience you've ever had, every memory, every feeling you've ever had. Like I could, I could know you just as well as you know yourself. Okay. Right. So everyone caught into that. And then everyone like sort of like stopped flying. Like everyone stopped chasing. People stopped running. People's angry faces went away. Like everyone stopped what they were doing. Cause everyone was just like in this moment of understanding everybody else to a T. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that fucking part of the book and thinking, that's it. Like, that's like, that's all it takes. Like, that's that's it. And I, I just remember it blowing my fucking mind in a way nothing ever had before. I'm like this, this whole war, all this entire book of these people fighting for this or this reason or that reason has been stopped all in 10 seconds because of this neural mind link chamber that has been created. Because of these space gadgets, and everybody understood. It's, I mean, you could you could call it a weapon. I I don't I don't know, like a weapons. I I would call it a neutralizer. Really, 
Okay. Okay. Right. I oh, mean, it's it's, it's an you, it's an instrument. It's an instrument of some sort. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily know if I would call it a weapon. I'm well, certain just, maybe would you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. When you say that they were trying to escape the planet and then someone was chasing them, the, yes. When you said that they pulled, you know, pushed out some magnetic beam of some sort. Right. I'm assuming that's you know to stop, hinder the the ship that they're chasing, which has been done. Well, like, so that's it, what happened, and then right. afterwards, the people continued to like leave. Like they continued to leave, but the people that were chasing them were kind of like in a flux, and they were just like sitting back, like, "Oh shit!" Like maybe we shouldn't be killing these people. Hold on, who fired the who fired the beam? The, the people that were the people the that ship? fired the beam were the fugitives trying to leave. Oh, okay. I thought it was coming from the other ship. My bad. No, yeah, the, yeah, okay. these were the fugitives. So then, like now, once now it once it. Yeah, so then once it stopped, the people chasing them were like, oh, like I understand them to a T now. Like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so from that moment on, I remember going back to work and I was just like, bro, this fucking, this book is insane. And he's just looking at me. He was like, it's a good book, but like, what the fuck is you t-? Like, it's all right. I'm just yeah. like, no, remember the page. Remember the part with the neural connection. And he's just like, like, nah, like I, I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? So... Like, he wasn't looking at it the same way I was. And maybe, you know, even in that, when people watch Soul, they'll be like, what do you mean it was so deep, Earl? Maybe it's just the way that I'm looking at the movie and the things that I see and I take out of it. But, yeah, I just remember seeing that. And from that moment forward, I knew that I wanted my best, which is why this is the podcast with Spectrum. I wanted my best to always try to understand what other people were going through. Because I knew that all that other bullshit that we get caught up in was mo- was mostly just a representation of our ignorance. Right. And so ever yeah. since that moment, I was like, wow. So when you say that you just, you know, find other people, whether it's through, you know, cinema or music or whatever the case may be, or just real life experiences that are experiencing life in a completely different fashion than you are. And you immediately identify and want to gain more insight on it. I'm like, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know exactly what the fuck you mean. And that's that's yeah. pretty much where, what my rant was about just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so the other thing I have is, so, you know, I've been on, well, me and you both, I can say, been on this kind of like outdoorsy tip lately, you know, trying to get our hikes in, me trying to get our, me trying to get my fishing in, all that good stuff. Yes, sir. Um, me and my fiance and even my son, uh, yesterday, we watched a couple of YouTube videos, um, of people hiking the entire Appalachian Trail. What? Okay. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's a long ass trail. <laughs> it is. It is um, two thousand and two thousand and two hundred two thousand two hundred miles, something like that. Typically takes people um, on a good trek six to seven months to do it. <laughs> okay, let's see where you're going with this. <laughs> um, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, it certainly motivated uh, me, made me want to go hike. I don't know if I'm ready for, for that kind of beast just yet, but um, yeah. it certainly made me go hike or made me want to go hike. And man, I was just thinking about the, just the mental fortitude it takes to just finish something like that. Like the kind of mental space you have to try to stay in. It's not going to be hundred percent that you have to try to stay in. That's going to be, you know, that's going to help you get through that. And on top of that, one of the videos we watched was a family of eight. Oh, that's dope. I love that. I love that. I love that. 
that will bring a family together in a way uh-huh. that we don't quite even understand. Like taking a, a, a journey like that, an adventure like that, having a battle six, seven months, you're battling elements of some kind. <laughs> you got to battle the elements in that. That's that's Absolutely. dope. It was, people it people was, are going to grow. You're going to see people push themselves in ways that they never have before. Like, oh, man. It was um, it was a mom, a dad, and six kids, ranging from 16 to 2. Damn. Whoa, god damn. <laughs> oh, I ain't let that 2 sit in for long enough. God damn. 2. Imagine trying to... <laughs> Trek the Appalachian Trail with a two-year-old. Oh, I don't know, I don't know if I got it in me. Those Ooh. are those are different kind of people, man. Yeah, you got that's a different sort of patience and yeah. just and just diligence, like the perseverance that it takes to get through something like that yourself, just yeah. as an individual. And then now you got to take care of your little cub, probably strapped to your back the whole mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You got to, oh, and you got to do all the things of. Raising a small child, but on the go through a trek of so how many miles? You said 2,000 something 2, miles? 2,200 miles from Georgia to Maine. Oh, see, now we've done a little bit of it. I've done like 14 miles of it before. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a hell of a day. Yeah. They were averaging like 13 and a half miles a day. Yeah, I could see. I could see that. Yeah, because you gotta, you have to rest, and you're talking about you yeah. got small children out there too. Mm-hmm. You have to rest. You have to so, have the adequate food and. Uh huh. Um. Mm. So we talk about just the culture behind just being outside, man. Like, I was one of the videos we watched was this girl from Alabama doing it alone, alone. But the thing is, is I love that too. The thing is, is. You know, the, all these hikers, they just meet a bunch of people along the way, whether it's just people that are hiking their portion of it that's located in their right. state or it's right. people that are going the whole way. Like some of the videos, there were people that they met along the way that like basically finished it with them or they would kind of see those people now and again on different parts of the trail. Like, oh, right. yeah, I, I caught, oh, up, with, hey, caught up with my buddy, us? blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I, I saw this cat back in, you know, I saw him back in Tennessee somewhere. Now we just reunited what? up in Yo, New York. Yo, that's so, oh, that's so cool. That's I know. So cool. It was really dope. It was really dope. Um, And I thought, another thing I thought was really cool was like, all these people along the way developed trail names. Like, it's almost like going out into the wilderness and just having an epiphany and having some Native American you know, figure in the clouds come down and say, you are now trail God or <laughs> trail God. You are now young Pacific. You know what I'm saying? Right. You are like, now stilts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are now running um, stilts. Right. Um, and then, like, there was a lot of other groups out there doing it as well like they ran into this group of like four or five people that called themselves the uh the degenerates mm. um and they all had their own individual trail names um i know one girl was her name was like dixie um another girl's name um another guy his name was rebel yell 
Like just mm. just all these cool like trail names, these cool yeah. outside names. Um, so there's this other thing that happens along the trails. It's called trail magic. You ever heard of that? No. So what it is is a couple people they go out on the trail, they set up, they start making pancakes and sausages and hamburgers and anybody that just comes along that portion of the trail. They'll put out a sign, say, hey, trail magic right down here. Go down there. It's like 50, it's like 50 people down there just, just eating and having a good time. And I just thought, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, uh, these people, I'm doing it. I'm doing this at some point in my life. I'm telling you right now. I'm doing it. Like these people, they don't have to do this. Like they don't have to get up and get out here and buy all this food. No, of course and, not. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was just the dopest thing ever, man. Yeah. It was so dope. Um, and what else? What else? What else? Um, and even along the way, like, so they were, they were, you know, doing this on YouTube. So people were kind of following their journey. You know what I'm saying? And so people would Damn, like message a part of this. They would message them on YouTube. Some of these people drove like five hours just to deliver supplies and food to this family that was <laughs> trekking along the Appalachian. People that live in those mountains were allowing people to just bunk up at their homes and stay there for a night, which is they call it a um a zero day, which is when you're mm. when you just take a break from hiking and you just right. kind of like chill. You you know, maybe go into your nearest city and and get a hotel room or something right. like that. The uh the family of 8, they um they took a zero day in DC, just walking around DC, looking at the monuments and stuff like that, got right back on the trail, kept it moving. Damn, yo, that's super dope. This this like this communal way of yeah, living man. and experiencing was, love like that is insane. It was it was tight, man. Um and some some people like what, the girl that did it by herself, the one from Alabama, her dog died while she was gone. Um, her dog was mm. having, you know, ha- was having issues and whatnot. Right. So it wasn't like a surprise or anything. She stopped the trail, got a rental car, drove to Alabama to put her to put her dog to rest. Mm. Drove back up to where she stopped at, got back on the trail, and kept it going from there. Damn! See, that's a difference. See, she's a soldier. Yeah, she's it's a soldier. Like, it's like you know, you do something like that, you could very easily just be like, oh, I did half, like you know, can't take that yeah, away. Yeah, like me. I did half you know? the Appalachian Trail, like that's that's good enough. She's like, no, I'm going back. Yeah, and it might possibly it's, been more motivated because of the dog's death, and was like, yeah. you know what, like I, I'm doing it. I'm definitely doing. But, it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for a little, little Sparky. Her her name was uh Sugar Bell. That was the dog's name. Doing it for Sugar Bell. Yep. But I thought it was really interesting because, like, when I'm thinking of people hiking the whole Appalachian Trail, I'm thinking of people just kind of like doing it nonstop. No, a lot of people, they'll do a portion of it. Let's say they do a fourth of it. They'll take six months off, go back to exactly where they stopped, do another portion, take another six months off, go back to where they, you know what I'm saying? Until they reach the end. And I'm just Mm. like, yo, that's pretty dope. Because, like, you're not really, you didn't do it all you, like you weren't the fastest person ever to do it, right? But you finished though. It might have took yeah. you three years to do it, but you finished. And I was yeah, like, for, yeah, fuck see, that shit. Nobody trying to end up in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, like it's not that like, serious. I was like, you know, that's more my speed. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Be out there for like, you know, six weeks, 
take a break mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks, go home, go back, you know, keep up from where I was. I can do that. Can yeah, do that. for sure. Um, and they even like even along the Appalachian Trail, they have these things called shelters. Mm. It's like a like a little open faced shelter. Just kind of it covers you up. Um, has like a level where people can like sleep on and like a, a level under that. That each level probably fits about eight to ten people. Um, they have a they have places where you can hang your backpacks up. They have they have um, bear traps already set up, ready to go. Um, where you can just you know put your food, hang it up, so bears don't get it. Like the Appalachian Trail is made for people to succeed. Yeah, no, nah, that's dope as fuck. See, that's yeah. that's those type of those are the type of stories that give people hope for humanity. Yeah. And but <laughs> this though, so the family of the family of eight, all the whole time they were out there, they, they had haters. They had haters in the comments talking about. They're going to call CPS because they got this two-year-old oh, out here in the elements. They, people were talking about this is child abuse. I guess and, I didn't even think about that that way yeah. of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Because, uh, I mean, that's kind, no matter that's what, kind of rough. You're, put, you're, you're putting them children through some shit. You know? You, you yeah, put them that's very shit. true. That's um, very true. You I said just, there were I eight did, of them? It was a mom and a dad, six kids. S- Six, six children, ranging from two from to sixteen to two. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's so, that is a lot. While they were out there, the mom had a birthday, the dad had a birthday, the oldest kid had a birthday. Just like, just imagine going through like, just doing that for six months. You got to celebrate your birthdays in the forest. Like, yeah, <laughs> damn, wild, that is man. wow. That's really interesting. I wonder what what came of that. Like, if yeah, that is pretty wild. They're always going to be haters. There's always going to. So everyone's not always going to agree with whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. And as amazing as we see it being and as 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 strong as a bonding situation, we see that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could definitely see that. Like you got a two year old out here in the elements for six months, like just trying to make it work. I guess I guess you could. But there's I don't know. But there, there are probably ways. I'm certain that if you're going to do something like that, you've thought this through. Oh yeah, no. Every every single video I watched, every person um, planned it like four to six months out. Right. Yeah. If you just if you just assuming that this little baby is just they got the baby walking, you know what I mean? Like that's not. I don't know exactly what it is they're imagining is happening, but I'm certain that they have the baby covered for all inclement weather and everything like that. Like the baby's eating, the baby's sleeping, the baby's covered, whatever. Yeah, baby's getting the same exact thing that it would have been getting. Except it's outside. Um, and another thing that um, I thought was really cool was just like the stuff that they was br- the stuff they were bringing with them to like help them out out there. Like just all the little gadgets, all the little things that they had, all the meals they were putting together. It was people out there cooking, making curry. They was out there just doing, you know, trying their best with the with the with the with the, you know, very minimalistic, but just trying right. their best. To have some torp, uh, some kind of uh, normalcy, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, for sure. Um, nah, yeah, I just hey, I thought it was the coolest thing that, ever. Like that just is super out fucking there awesome. And just doing that, dog. Now I don't know that we all have you know six months to just take off of work and just you know get out there. I yes. Don't know about that. Yes. But, um, you know, I ain't, yes. you know, I ain't got it like that. Right. So um, you know. <laughs> But, but if you cool. did, 
If I yeah, did, and if and, I, and I'm certain that you aspire to have to work yourself to a certain point in life where you have time. Yeah. No, if you I have had, time. If I had that kind of time, I don't know that I would try to do it all in six months. I'd probably portion it out like a lot of people did. Right. But no, I, I'd be totally up for doing some shit like that. So another movie that I watched because I, I went through this this week has given me inspiration. I was I was kind of sad at certain points. I was happy. I was relaxed. I was re-energized. It was, it was, it was I learned a lot. One of the other movies that I watched that I spoke about earlier, this was kind of like an older movie. I want to say early 2000s or something like that. I should probably look it up. Called In Time. Do you remember this? With uh, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, 2011. I love that movie. That Science fiction shit. action film. It is dope as fuck. You, so you remember the whole premise of the movie. Yeah, it's been several years since I watched it, but I think I have enough in my mind to, you know, I, re- I remember what it was really about. Yeah, Right, sort of like based in the future, Justin Timberlake, you know, lives in the hood with his mom mm-hmm. and their that currency. Fucking, that fucking scene where his, his mom was running for the bus stop and he, he did, and he like just fucking missed it. Their currency is time for anyone that hasn't seen the movie. Their currency is time. So that means that they have 25 years of free living. From the minute they're born, they have 25 years of free living. As soon as they get to age 25, there's a clock that starts running on their wrist. Mm -hmm. And I believe they have a year. Mm -hmm. So it starts counting down pretty much a year. And that's how you, you swipe your wrist for food. For shelter, for this and that, everything that you would pay for in our regular life, you pay for it in time. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. When you go and you you work, you get more time. Mm-hmm. And then you, they have these time zones, which are pretty much like our caste system between, you know, low, low class and middle class and upper class and things like that. And just the differences in the way they were living bore much semblance to the way that we're living now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think so much about when I do things like take certain days off of work, not take days off. I mean, change availability so that I only work certain amount of days because I want my time because that's what I value. Right. Mm-hmm. But people don't see that where people are always asking, well, oh, you got another job. Like, where else are you working? Like, no, it's not what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm taking my time so that I can do other things. So that one, I can encourage just a better feeling inside myself doing other things that I that bring me joy. I'm not mm-hmm. just just I'm not here on this planet to just work. And a lot of people have been indoctrinated to believe that that's just what you do. You just need to work, work, work. That's so funny that you say that. So before you get to that, okay, keep that in mind. So but people don't see that that is our currency now. People get paid per hour. And it's just one is just wild to even think that like 725 could be worth someone's hour right in time. Like that's just a funny way of looking at it. But you have to spend your time to go work somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's time you're not going to get back. Right. But it's interesting to me that in this system that we're in, especially for people that you and I know, which is a lot of middle class people, people feel as though they have to always be working. Like, I got to go to work. I got to get more money. 
But it's interesting because of the thing that we're valuing more than the time itself. So say you want like a lot of money. Uh, When my mind goes is, okay, you want the money, but you want something deeper than the money. I'm assuming like you want what money can get you. Right. And you're assuming that I'm assuming that the that would be so that maybe you don't have to work somewhere. A lot of people say, oh, well, if you got all this money, you know, what would you do? Oh, I know I wouldn't be going to fucking work every day. (laughs) So, okay, All right. Well, that's interesting. Like, because you want the money so you don't have to work every day. But is there a possibility? Is there a world we live in in which you could just already stop working so much? How much money do you need really to get to the point where you don't have to work all the time and give away that currency? giving away all your time that you're never, ever going to get back. Like, How much money do you need to make per year? And this differs for everybody. But how much money do you need to make annually to be happy and self-sustain? Because another thing that you're probably trying to get to through acquiring the money is less stress. You assume that with more money, you're going to be able to do a lot less or, or do more, but do less for it, right? Which which would alleviate stress. But then in the trying to get the money, and I know a lot of people like this that are constantly, I, I got to get to the bag. I got to get the money. I got to get the money. And they're just always trying to work out ways to get more money. They're stressing themselves the fuck out. So it's like you want the money and you want the, or you want the alleviation of stress and you want more time. But there are a lot of different lives that I've seen, and this doesn't, I'm not speaking for everyone, but this is a lot of lives that I've seen where you could alleviate the stress and have more time right now. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to work yourself almost to death to try to find that. A lot of times what you may find yourself doing is trying to get a hold of something, and which would be, you know, just the acquisition of things and money and power or whatever the case is you're looking for. And then with that come a whole lot more responsibility. And then now you're even more stressed because you're trying to figure out how to allocate this money that you don't know what to do with because you didn't think too hard about it beforehand. You didn't think about what it was you were going to do with the money, how you were going to allocate it. If you were going to give money to this person, how much money you were going to give to your family and do this, how much you were going to invest, how much of it was going to be saved, how much of it was going to be you know, put towards maybe your children's future, how much of it was going to be used for just all your recreation. You didn't really think about these things. So now you just have a whole bunch of stuff and you're just trying to you stress out figuring out what to do with it. Or again, you don't have any money literacy, any financial literacy, and then you end up blowing it. And then now you're even more stressed out. But I just found that movie to be so interesting because then it just started sparking all these different thoughts about the way that we value time versus money versus actual like the currency that we're using today seemingly so but it was just it was just very 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 fucking interesting it was you so interesting watch that shit again. yo man in um, time no. it's a good movie man it's a very it is, good movie but what i was going to say while you were talking was um the girl that hiked that, that uh did it by herself um at the end of her video, you know, she just said something that really resonated with me. She was like, you know, you only get one life to live. And, you know, she was like, you know, you don't have to hike the whole Appalachian Trail 
but just getting out here and just getting, you know, connecting with the roots and, you know, just, just being out here is just, it's awesome. You know, whether you're, you know, hiking or just anything that you get out and you can get passionate about um, is better than being born, working until you die. Being born and then working until you die. She was like, you gotta, you gotta mix it up a little bit. You gotta throw something in there. You gotta, you gotta find some kind of passion and just go for it. I believe it. I believe it. It's so, it's so wild that we just, we live the way that we do because people truly do live like, like we're not going to die at some point. Right. Right. We're, that's the thing. People never want to look in the face is death. We're dying. (laughs) Every that that is one thing that Ah. is one (laughs) But but see but that's but that's the one thing that is one thousand percent true. Mm-hmm. We're all gone at some point, mm-hmm. and so the fact that we just live this life, and we just and we and people be bored with their time, mm-hmm. working all the time, stressed out, complaining about this and that, and not counting their blessings, not finding any any gratitude in the things that life has afforded them. And that's not to say that you can't also acknowledge that there's a lot of strife that comes along with life as well. That's clearly the point. I mean, that's that is also a certainty is that you are going to go through dismay. That just that comes with the game, too. But I wouldn't I wouldn't compound upon that at all. I I think that there's just more than enough shitty shit out here for everyone. Shitty shit. <laughs> that that we don't need to compound upon it at all. I just I, that's truly how I feel. So the fact that we just don't want to take chances and want to try to get out and find things that make us happy and and reclaim our time and do things with it. Because the last thing I I think you want to hear and this is this is what all, you know, older elder people say is you just don't want to look back and be thinking, I, I fucking wasted this shit. Like yeah. this was meaningless. Yeah. I spent so much time, just wasted time chasing this and that. And it was all so meaningless. Mm-hmm. I should have spent more time with my, I should have spent more time with my family. I should have just spent more time looking in like my loved one's eyes. I should have just been doing that. There was this fucking book. This was a book that I read by the, I think I talked to you about him before, a Russian novelist named Fyodor Dostoevsky. He's like world renowned. He's an amazing author. And there was this moment in this book where this guy was telling a story to these girls that he had just met. And it was a story about a guy that was, well, that was at a point in time sentenced to die. He was going to be hanged in front of the town like they used to do. Right, walked up on the scaffold and hung in front of everybody. Yeah, a bunch of people in the crowd like, hang on, right, just crazy. (laughs) And he talked about this because the guy that was to be hanged spoke to the guy that was telling the story. I'll tell you how that happened. So the guy telling the story said, "Yeah, the guy, the guy to be hanged. We can call him Frank, you know, for story's sake." Frank had done whatever crime he had done, and he was being walked to the scaffold, you know, hands tied behind his back. 
and all these people were screaming in the crowd. And it was it was just like a beautiful day. The sunlight was out. It was like, you know, midday. And he said that when he just looked up, he realized that he probably had about set roughly, roughly 27 seconds to live left <laughs> between where he was on the path to the rope. He had about 27 seconds to live just one. Just imagine that thought, like knowing in less than 30 seconds, I'm going to be dead. Yeah, That's a wild thought. So clearly his senses are just fire. He's he's so in tune with everything that's going on at this moment. And that's what sort of life ought to be. Mm-hmm. So and this is what I talk about when I say getting closer to the fabric of life. This is what I'm always trying to do. He's looking up and he sees the sun peering over top of like a steeple and he sees little ravens flying through the sky and he hears individual. There's a crowd of people screaming, but he hears individual things that people are saying and he he smells, you know, ham being baked halfway down the street and he, he can feel the sun on his skin Everything about that moment he could tell you about. He was so in tune with the moment. That's where he was living. That's where he was supposed to be. And he realized in that moment, if anything could possibly stop me from being hanged right now, I would I would live every moment of my life just like this. This is where I ought to be. I've been walking through life and I never I never experienced any of these things before. But now, because I'm about to die, I'm I'm really paying attention. And life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like Fyodor Dostoevsky, he was pardoned because he that author was also in a position like this. I believe I told oh, you this. Wow. Yeah. And he was pardoned right before he was killed. Damn. Yeah. And Sounds then so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> so then. The girls in the story, they're asking, let's call him Dave. They're asking, like, so what happened to him? Have you spoken to him ever since he, he got pardoned and he's got his life back? Does he sniff every rose that he walks past and touches every leaf and communicate with everybody he sees? And Dave's just like, no, Frank's all up to the old same bullshit that he was doing before. Yeah. He just, yeah. And it's just, it was just so wild that that is sort of the human condition in a way. Unless you are tr- unless you're purposely trying to condition yourself to be closer to the fabric of life, you are really just conditioned to just be walking around aimlessly and not really be paying attention to things that are going on around you and noticing all the beautiful life that is constantly and perpetually occurring at all points in time of the day. So that was just that was just really, really interesting. But I think that for those people on the Appalachian Trail, for the people in end time, also, for the people in the movie Soul, Pixar, this also correlates with that as well. You just find that there is, there are these passions that we have, or they were called sparks in the movie Soul, that we have. But even more than that, I just feel like we have to be okay with the baseline of living first. Mm-hmm. 
Like we can have these little passions and these skills and things that we love to do, whether it be music or just communication or you paint or whatever the case may be. But there's just a baseline of living first. And I feel like we have to find a deeper love in that first because that's that's the ground level. So. So, yeah, very, very, very interesting stuff. One of the one of the things I have to talk about before we before we get out of here. Well, actually, the two. I said, actually, now that I was kind of on a, a rough track, we should get through with one of the kind of sadder ones and kind of interesting at the same time and then go on to a better one. Did you hear about this Nashville bombing? Yeah, I did. So, what'd you hear about it? Did you read any stories? Um, I read a little bit. I, you know, I heard it was, um, you know, it was supposedly it was some guy. Anthony that, Quinn Warner, I believe okay. his name yeah, is. I, yes. Yeah, I didn't catch that. But um, mm. yeah, apparently it was essentially a suicide mission. Um, right. I don't know exactly what he was trying to blow up. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what I got that's, from it. That's what's interesting about it. So Nashville, Tennessee, Christmas morning, mm-hmm. which is just unfortunate already because I've heard too many times that people felt like this Christmas didn't really feel like Christmas for whatever reason they felt like that. And it may have just been sort of a collective consciousness thing that was going on. I think a lot of people felt that way because of the year that we've had that it didn't really feel like a a real Christmas. I felt okay about Christmas. Yeah, me too. I was with my family and everybody, like you said, everybody was healthy and happy and together Mm-hmm. And when you're, again, trying to find that baseline of gratification in life itself, these are things that were that have true value. So right. so I, I felt OK with it. But for it to happen on Christmas morning is sort of wild. Mm-hmm. And it's also also cinematic, honestly, because it's Christmas morning. You have this unassuming guy. I believe he's 67 years old. They say that there's no evidence that anyone else was involved in it in any sense whatsoever. Right. And they don't know why he did it. There's no there was nothing left behind. There was an RV sitting in front of an AT&T like um I don't know transmission building. Okay. And before, way before it went off, there was a recording that went off that told yeah, people that, that it was going to go off and at what time and to get people out of the out of the area to vacate. And then some uh, I want to say some uniformed or it may have been some uniformed officers. Someone was by. They heard it. And then they started knocking on doors and getting people out of there. Mm-hmm. So it's not. Not trying to kill anyone, not trying to hurt anyone. Right. But killing yourself, but in a very dramatic way. Right. But not only that, but then in front of this AT&T transmission building, and they say that his father used to work for AT&T. So I don't know if there's a connection there or not. It's just like it's it's just a mystery. Like no one really knows what's going on. But that his father used to work for AT&T. He tried to get people away 
so that didn't kill anyone. I only there were only like a few people hospitalized, but no one's been killed from what I understand. You over there thinking of conspiracies? I don't know what the fuck. No one knows what it is, but I'm just like, <laughs> I just, I just find it to be interesting because it's an interesting way to just like commit suicide if that's what, if that's what it was. I don't know right. exactly what it was, but it was just, but it was a lot of stores that kind of like just made it through the quarantine mm-hmm. were blown up. There's like 40 different places. Yeah. So now they're trying to, you know, figure things out. It was just like a weird way of doing something but don't nobody know what that something is it was just a weird way to wake up on christmas yeah it's just a weird yeah it's just weird mysterious way of waking you know waking up on christmas i don't know what the fuck is going on anywho i don't know man. that's that's, that's what i had yeah I, yeah I, don't, I got nothing really to say on it. i just wanted yeah. to ask if you if you had heard <laughs> it and if you have any thoughts on it no um, i heard about it i definitely heard about it um it's yeah. super sad um, it's just an added thing to this bullshit year. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, God, who knows what's going to happen New Year's Eve because they just trying to get this shit in before the year's out. Um, but luckily, Yo, there were no, trying to get it in before the year's out. That's a wild were, way to describe just like very sad people slash lunatics running around creating chaos mm-hmm. for, exactly. again, God knows what reason we don't exactly. know. Yeah. And that's and that's what's wild for people because we've talked about people's love for crime and mystery solving. So this is just one of those Her things where you just not. Yeah, the entire face was removed, but <laughs> replaced with another face that was taken off of a victim nine years ago. The foot was cut off. And stuffed in the anus. <laughs> oh my god, it's crazy, man. Yeah, but, but but mystery solving is very. I mean, I get it. I talked about Perry Mason on here last podcast. I love Sherlock Holmes. People are really on to all the crime solving sort of documentaries and things out there. I get it. People just want to know. We just want to know how things are done. People, yeah, it you, gets a little weird think, though. Why do you think Cops is such a big show? Oh, yeah. What you gonna, what you gonna do? Is that how it goes? FBI's <laughs> Most Wanted. I don't know if that still comes on, but... Or, you know, America's uh, Most Wanted or some shit, whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, But on a lighter note, last thing I, I feel like I have to talk about mm. is... I gotta hear the wonderful, beautiful album... By Shiffy P, though, I've spoken about him before. I'm going to do it again because I truly believe in this gentleman and I want nothing but great things to happen for him for various reasons. One, because he's a human being and that's just how I feel about people in general. Two, because I realize that he's a very solid person and I and solid people deserve that. Three, because... Nikes right under the trap pen, smoking weed as I try to relax, man. The people can hear I'm a golden great. Disagree, then you might catch a backhand. Now I invest just to get my shit jumping. Then I catch a check from the back end. Ain't no secret, they know how I'm coming. I came here to eat like I'm Pac Man. Ride on the beat and they listen to me. You ain't got it, my nigga, the jig is up. Grind and proceed with a winner, does. Should be peeping the heat in the winter months. Yeah.
In a bucket with cousin, I'm rushing on my way to get a blunt. Yeah. You niggas is lunching, I'm buzzing, the youngest can get enough. Back on my job and the focus is better. Using my life in the way I'm a loser. Got in the gym and I changed my physique. She gave me a chance, so I murdered the coach. Making my movie. This for legends, this ain't for no goofers. It's a blessing, I kept this in moving. I'm a ruler, I'm not with the dookie. You niggas is foolish, I'm next, I'ma prove it. I ain't had to try for this. Just came back on some rapper shit. I'm back with his. I ain't had to try for this. Just came back on some rapper shit. I'm back with his. About to make me a classic bitch. Just steal all the lessons. Lesson bought me on this road. Yeah. Never fall because I know. I'm the one that's in control. Pick a roll, it is my show. Flip the switch to legend mode. He makes quality fucking art. Yeah. Art, period, art. And that's, we always need more than, I will always champion people that are putting out quality art. They're just not throwing out a bunch of bullshit. And that needs to be championed, and we need more of that. It is called Crib Love. For anyone that would like to listen, please listen. It's on all streaming platforms. Shiffy Pedo, S H I double F Y space P dot space D O E E. <laughs> Shiffy Pedo. Yeah, this is this is an awesome thing. Um, from top to bottom, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. This is a really good. All right, this is the reason why I say it like this. We all know this is not. This is nothing new. That when people come up to you and say, listen to this album, or this mixtape by this guy that's local, usually an eye roll comes after. Jeez. You're like, ah, come on. Like, that's just the way it is because people are always trying to make it out. And that's not that's not a knock. You want to support local artists. You want people to try to get to the top, especially if they're working hard and they're and they're talking about some solid stuff. Like, they really genuinely want to make things better. And you can see them doing that through their craft, right? Yeah. But a lot of times, people aren't good at things. And that's yeah. just the way, that's just the way life, it, that's just the way the pie is sliced. Uh-huh. You're going you're to get any idea or any realm of life. And they're going to be a bunch of people that want to do that thing. And they're going to be people at the top. They're going to be people that are just talented at it. And then that work really hard and hone their skills and they rise to the top. And then you're going to get a bunch of people that are like subpar. And you're going to get a bunch of people that just fucking suck at it. And that's just life. No matter what it is we're talking about. So when I hear this guy, I'm like, he okay. This is this is pretty much this is the type of thing we're trying to champion from top to bottom. Reasons I like it. (laughs) He can rap. When I say he can rap, I mean he can put words together nicely. His flow is dope, and he has enough words in his lexicon so that you don't sound it doesn't sound like you're getting the same lyrics again and again in like different ways. He has he has things to speak about. Okay. He is choosing, because this is a huge thing. Sometimes you get a lot of people that can rap, but they choose trash as beats. Mm-hmm. Trash ass instrumentals, and then now they're just whatever it is they're rapping is just not very flattering. On top of that, you don't even want to listen to it. He chooses quality instrumentals. I love the sound on this album. You have a like it's so it's it's grown it's real nigga shit. 
This is a grown up real nigga album <laughs> with like with soulful. There's like saxophones and you know I was just thinking that violins. There's a song on there. I forgot what it was called. Um, but it has a clarinet in the background. Mm. It's just, it yeah, it'd be so a clarinet. Good. Yeah, man. It's just all of these songs. I mean, even just the opening sounds like some legendary shit. And I believe it's called Steelo the Legend. Which uh-huh. makes sense. It sounds like some legendary hero's journey, making it to the peak of the mountain type mm-hmm. shit. All of it's good. My favorite Steelo story is on there that, you know, we had talked about before. And all of his videos live up to the song. So st- or the songs live up to the video. Steelo stories on here. America's Threat is on here. Steelo for President is on here and all of those have awesome ass videos online that you can find on his page. And the Steelo for president has a guy named Jerry B. The Prince. That's another thing. I love the features on here because sometimes yeah. you're like, okay, I like this guy, but now he's got a bunch of features on here. Like, I don't know. He like, he might fuck up the songs. Wrong. He took such time with this. I think that he knew he didn't want, like he wasn't just going to put trash people on here just because they're from around the way and he wanted to show, again, crib love. Right. I Like he didn't just, he didn't sacrifice the quality of the music so that he could continue that bond with people from around the way. Like he knows good people from yeah. around the way. So the people in here that are singing can sing. Jerry B. The Prince, great hook. Lucy on here for the song Grateful, which I love. Song about being grateful for things. Awesome mm-hmm. song. She can sing. This dude Parkway on here on the song Lean, which is track Parkway. 12. His voice is amazing. It is. He has he has yeah. a voice for rapping. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's it's just fucking dope. You know we already love Sky High Rye. He's he's rapping on here in a way that I haven't heard him rap before. He's using different Boy. flows that I've heard him. Yo, dope. Ain't heard ain't heard from Young Nervo in a minute. He's got it still doing it. <laughs> He's fucking man, dope. All of this man, shit on here is dope. Still out here. Yeah, bro, like it's it's a it's a great it's a great album. He talks about all different sorts of stuff. He's got some stuff for the ladies. You know, he he's got he's got some stuff for it's just it's it's all over the place. I love it. It's great quality, great quality instruments, great quality sounds, great content. Great rapping ability, mm-hmm. great videos that come with the songs. You did it again. You did it again. <laughs> I, I had yeah. to come on here and talk about it. Shiffy Pedo, go listen, go stream Crib Love on Apple, Spotify, whatever. Go find it. Go listen to it. I've, it's um, awesome. I've only listened to about half of it thus far, but everything I've heard has been pretty good. It's been really good. Um, you said that yeah. I like everything I said has been pretty accurate. Like yeah, as far as absolutely, the, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, a, it's it's definitely a different field. Nobody else, at least in nobody else, at least in like Manassas, Northern, Northern Virginia area sounds like that, has that no. sound. And I think, nah. you know, it's good that he's differentiating himself from everyone else, you know. And, that, and do. yeah, and, that, and he talks about that. He talks about knowing and making up in his mind that he's brilliant mm-hmm. because we've talked about that, that spark, that believing in yourself like that's. That's so That's much everything. of the battle. Yeah, That's exactly. That's so much of the battle. And he knows that he that his sound is different. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that last line on Stilo's story that I talked about before, uh, talking about my music hit different. 
You know, I don't mean to brag, little nigga. I'm chosen. My music hit different. Come be my apprentice. Yeah. Like, he, he, he just knows that this shit sounds different. It's so soulful. That shit hits yeah. you. That's just dope. He talks about real, you know, about, you know, coming up with re- not much and being in a place where you just kind of figuring out and trying to come out of the depression, which out a lot of mud. people can out the mud coming out of depression, you know, dealing with stuff because his, you know, his mother being sick mm-hmm. and having to having to fight through that and people not really being there for him in those dark times when he thought that those were his those were his people. Right. And in coming into meeting a woman, like the first woman that he's truly liked since his ex and, you know, what that means to him and how he's trying to manage that relationship now. It's just like it's a it's a bunch of great stuff. It's a bunch of great stuff. Go listen to this fucking album. Crib Love. <laughs> Crib Love. Shiffy Pedo. S-H-I-F-F-Y space P dot space D-O-E-E. <laughs> I love do- I just love doing that. <laughs> <That's it. That's> <laughs> Oh, yeah, but it's, man, it's, yeah. it's like I said, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but it seems like a great piece of work. I'll probably finish it today. Um, yeah. But shout out to Shippy, man. Um, you yeah. know, just putting out good work, uh, staying consistent. Um, you know, shout out to anybody, you know, that just doing their thing and just trying to and is staying consistent and believing in themselves. Um, because we wouldn't we wouldn't even be here without that type of belief in ourselves. So for all yeah. those people that are enjoying this, you know. We believe in ourselves. We are glad that you mm-hmm. believe in us. Believe in yourself right. and whatever endeavors and ventures that uh, you know come towards you in life. All right, that sounds that sounds great. You got you got anything else for the people? Or that kind of sounded like some last words. Uh, it was, but I'm gonna say one more thing just to repeat something that you said. Do it. Believe in and respect, and just go all out for your local artists, man. Your local anybody's. You know, all your <laughs> right. favorites were at one at one time. They were nobodies. You know what I'm saying? They come up. People believe in them. Believe in your local acts, man. Believe in them. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. I can definitely I can definitely get behind that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think I just want to say more of the same thing again, whether we're talking about. The movie End Time, which I believe, I really think that everybody should go back and watch Justin Timberlake, 2011, and Amanda Seyfried, I believe is her name. Great movie. You also have Soul, that movie by Pixar. Great movie. Definitely go watch that. It's deep, so pay attention when you watch it. And also, I'm going to just throw this out there just because I watched it. It don't got nothing to do with anything. The movie The Gentleman. Great movie. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, yeah, it's great. Great movie. Yeah. Is that new? Uh, yeah, I believe it's 2020. I don't know exactly how new. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely in there. Uh, Colin, what's his name? Not, yeah, Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin okay. Farrell's in it too. Yeah, it's a good, it's a definitely a good movie. Um, but anyway, no matter what it is we're talking about, across these boards, what seems to be the constant is, is belief and love and, and charisma of brilliance behind it. And, Again, I don't think that these things are born into our consciousness, into our physical realm without without the belief and understanding that there should be a profound love based within just the the baseline of life in itself. There are plenty of things that we can go and try to get 
externally, but I feel like there has to be an understanding that living in itself, and I know that this is easier to say for some, so I'm, I'm aware of that, but there you have to count your blessings. There has to be some idea and a, a deep rooting in the fact that there is just immense beauty in life itself if you if you decide to pay attention to what's going on in any given moment and not constantly be taken away by all these things that you're preoccupied with what is happening to you in this very moment how do you feel about what's happening to yourself in this very moment what is arising in consciousness in this very moment be there be there with yourself and the people in the moment and I think you will just find yourself with a lot more solace to work alongside all these other things that, you know, constantly take up space and time in our lives. But find find a find a gratitude in life first, find a gratitude in life first. And then all those other things, they'll they'll shine that much more. Those are my last words. That was a lot. <laughs> Any last novel. <laughs> 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 all right, that's all. Thank you for joining, everybody. Thank you very much. We out. Peace.